Welcome everybody to Kissing the Cod. Today, uh, again, we have Tim Clark and Brian Atkinson from Fury Gold, F-U-R-Y, on both U.S. and Canada. Um, we chatted at the Precious Metals Summit and unfortunately had some technical difficulties. So thanks for coming back, guys. Oh, it's great. No, we it's too bad. We had a good conversation. It would have been fun to uh, have let it aired. Yeah, yeah, but we'll 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 have another one today. Excellent. So, but thank now, Tim. You are the the CEO, Brian's uh, senior VPX. I'm correct That's, on that. That is correct. right. Yep. That is right. Well, tell us a bit about Fury Gold. Uh, well, I I joined the board about a year and a half ago. Um, I had been on the capital market side um, on Wall Street for almost 25 years, and but I've been primarily working with mining companies. And uh, I got to know um, uh, the company because the previous CEO was a guy I used to work with. Um, uh, previous, he was a Agnico Eagle. And um, I like the team. Uh, culture is really important to me. The, the further in my career I go, the more important it is from a personal base, but professional as well. If you don't have good people you work with, I think it's a, an uphill battle. And uh, I like the board. Uh, I thought we really punched above our weight on the geology side. And, uh, you know, from logistically speaking, it's a Canadian focused gold company in exploration. Um, I like the jurisdiction. Every time you walk into an investor's office, the first thing they say is, where are you located? And it's not just because they're interested. They want to know what kind of um, risk they're taking um, politically and geographically and being in Canada is a huge um you know it's a, a huge bonus for me because it just takes away that that kind of risk and allows you to focus on exploration and and drilling um the other part of it is too that um I know and I'm familiar with a lot of the companies that work in Canada and North America uh, I've got a lot of relationships there so those are things we can leverage going forward but uh we're prim primarily focused in Quebec we do have uh, a project up in Nunavut uh, called Committee Bay, and then we own a, a big piece of Dolly Varden Silver, which is uh, out in British Columbia. Uh, we own about 26% at the moment. So between those and our projects in Quebec, we're pretty busy. And, and you recently just um, cleaned up a, a joint venture. Uh, right. A little bit yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So our, our main mine um, is a, a, what was East Main is now the Eau Claire mine. And 50 kilometers north, we have a joint venture, had a joint venture with Azimut and Newmont. Um, it's hard to move forward with a three-way in terms of making decisions and Azimut had other priorities. Uh, we all really liked the joint venture, what a, what a potential it would offer. But we cleaned it up and we now own basically 50-50 interests with Newmont. We are the operator. It's really close. There's um, some really interesting targets that we'd like to go after. And this is literally next door to their Eleanor mine, uh, just to the north. Nice, nice. I, um, and, and I know you have a healthy treasury, which is huge right now um, in, in this lovely gold market. Where <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, well, look, uh, when I when I came in a year ago, uh, the previous CEO uh, left and um, they hadn't financed. So we had to raise some money in the fall. 
and we I saw an opportunity. We we actually owned um, this Homestake Ridge asset, and we sold it to Dolly Varden over the winter um, for seventy six and a half million shares, about fifty million dollars Canadian. And once I did that, we were able to secure some financing from uh, a top tier a producer in Canada, um, one of the top three, as well as a senior U.S. institution. Uh, I think it's out there right now that it's it's uh, Fidelity. They own seven and a half percent. And we had a really great drill program this summer. And but as we had entered the fall, um, we did have some cash in the bank, but um, it's not hard to look forward and see what is going on for 2023. We were approached to sell some of our Dolly Varden shares. So we sold 20% of them uh, at 40 cents. Um, I know some some would prefer to we take a, you know, it would have hung on to that. Um, the stock, the stock has come up, but um, what what I was seeing was we needed to de-risk what we were doing financially. At the same time, there was starting to be an overhang in their stock because everybody knew the lockup was coming up in February and I was getting a lot of questions about it. And, you know, when these, when these offers come along, you, you know, I think there's some confusion. Some people think you can just take them whenever you want. And, uh, you know, sometimes the first offer is the best offer. Um, I was always taught not to be greedy when you're financing, because if you don't have it now you're in real trouble. So we took about $6.8 million dollars. It's not a lot. We kept 80%, plus we kept the two board seats of Dolly Varden. Um, it's interesting because, you know, it's surrounded by Hecla, and there's some other companies that I think are interested in, in the two joint companies, the Homesake and the Dolly Varden. And silver is a big, um, you know, leverageable commodity in this market. If it takes off, it could really take off. Uh, immediately afterwards, uh, both stocks were up. Dolly's been up to 66 cents last time I took a look at it. Um, both are trading much better. Uh, we actually earned back all the money in the equity we retained and, and, and to the cash that we, we got. So we're at two, $12.5 million right now heading into the next year. Um, from what I'm told is um, we're, we're alone in that, that most yeah. companies really don't have any money and you may saw the pure gold a couple of days ago, and there's some other companies. I think it's going to, and this is a topic for us to talk about more is I think there are a lot of these guys are really in trouble. I agree. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I think it's very smart and strategic of you to, to take cash. It's, um, and, and interesting, I, I think you're right. People don't understand when there's an opportunity, it's not an opportunity that's going to be there in a week or 30 days, you have to, you have to make a decision. And it's, it's not as, it's not a, an environment where there's a lot of those opportunities right now. Well, look, the, the company that bought it um, has a two year outlook that things are gonna get a lot better. They're not looking for a short trade, they're locking themselves in. It's a great investor for Dolly Varden, of which we have 80% of our, or 80% of our remaining position. We own 26% of the company, the largest position of anybody. Why wouldn't I want them to do better? Number one. Number two is, um, you know, if I came back and wait till the stock went up 30, 40, 50%, uh, the chances of that offer being there are like a lot less. And now if the market doesn't trade up or if it trades down, now you're in real trouble. 
And everybody knows that you're going to be chasing that dolly position in February to sell some stock. And then all of a sudden the shorts come in and everybody starts, you know, getting on, on that trade and it can get ugly really quickly. And I think we surprised a bunch of people. Um, I think it was a strategically great move uh, because it gives us a position not only to be financially flexible, but in a market where I think it's going to be really tough. Um, we don't, you know, we're waiting for rates to come down and we'll find out tomorrow. Um, and if um, they keep going up, the dollar is going to keep going up. It's not great for gold near term. But again, I fall back on if you're looking to trade in the junior space um, and day trade or weekly trade, whatever you want to do, uh, that's an awfully tough way to make a living. Um, my view is the way you make real money is you find really good management teams, watch how they operate and are prudent with the money that you give them. And hopefully they get lucky with their drill bit because mm -hmm. they're smart, but you do need to get some lucky at some of these too. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's the recipe for long-term real growth potential. Yeah. And we're not here. Look, I, I didn't, I didn't step into this role of a 60, $70 million market cap company uh, because I wanted to make 10%. I'm here because I want to make real wealth. And I mm -hmm. think it's possible and the, the other part that we have um, is we have a lot of um, drilling opportunities. So we've got this Eau Claire mine, which we spent a lot of time drilling this summer. And Brian can talk to you about that. But we also have um, other areas that we can really step out and explore. We've got 55,000 hectares uh, of land that, that are, is ours in Quebec. In the, in the in the James Bay region, and um, only a third of it is really though Claire and Percival area where we're, 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 we have historical mining. The thirty five thousand hectares is wide open greenfields. We've done three thousand soil samples this year, and that's where you really have exploration and and can really find something big. And as one of the producers told me, um, listen, I. I we're happy you sold that that, that raised some money um, with Dolly because we didn't buy you for Dolly. We bought you because we want you to find a really big mine in Quebec. Mm -hmm. And I and I think on the backdrop of that, we've got other uh, other finds we need to follow up with with Committee Bay up in Nunavut. We got Snake Lake, which is a big step out from our our resource. Um, we've also what I think is going to be really interesting is following up on this. Eleanor South joint venture with Newmont. Newmont um, would love to see us find something. They they need to fill that mill up in Eleanor. They've extended the mine life uh, up there another four or five years. Uh, it's big property. It's relatively unexplored. We got nine anomaly or nine specific targets within that anomaly. Um, we're gonna we the goal here is to go after it next year, and I think this is what investors are going to be excited about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I also think that with your cash position uh, at a time when there's a lot of companies that are going to struggle, um, you've got a lot of opportunity. And, and we still we still have 40 or 50 million dollars in equity in that Dolly Varden. And, um, you know, if we if we have 50 percent of our assays out still, if we come back and get something. And I think chances are good because we've taken a lot of bets. Um, if we, we get their share price up with that, we've got almost 13 million in cash. And if Dolly gets a bid or if they get something going on and there's a consolidation move there, 
we could monetize that whole bit and be sitting on, you know, 50, yeah. 60, 80 million dollars next year in a market where, frankly, there's a lot of companies that are struggling and there's a lot of assets out there that are really great assets, but they no one's cheaper every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you make money three different ways on the commodity price, finding something with your drill bit, or making really on good entrepreneurial MA decisions. Yeah. And I think we're going to enter that market. We've, the industry itself has lagged the MA. Um, if you look at charts and graphs and whatnot and, and look at the historical times when these things occurred, mm -hmm. um, we're overdue. Yeah. And when that happens, um, it's going to accelerate things from the top down. Yeah. And um, one producer, senior uh, person told me, what you want to do is be in a position of strength going into 2023 and your eyes open um, and focused on, on swinging the bat because that's where you get real success. And well, you're, in a, you're in a company maker position with, with your we cat. Could. And, and, we and, could. Yeah. I mean, at the, look, at yeah. the end of the day, we want to be the best junior exploration company out there. And we're, we've got, we've got the clout and the, and the geologists to do it. It doesn't mean we can't make money other ways too, if yeah. you're smart. Yeah. And I do come from the institutional side. So I think um, as, as one of these things that juniors struggle with is uh, once they get up, it's hard for them to get past two or 300 million with retail. Mm -hmm. and if you want to get to a billion or $2 billion, you need institutional and you need relationships and you need to show those institutions that you've got a good track record of execution. Culture is meaningful. If you look at Agnico, culture has driven that company for 30 years. Culture derives discipline, discipline uh, drives execution. Execution drives reputation and a premium for your stock. And that's that simple. And that's how they operate. And uh, the idea is that we're not here to overpromote our swings. We're here to be straightforward and practical about our, our approach to spending other people's money. And if we can do a good job at that and uh, the law of averages works out, if we have enough opportunities and swings, which we do, and we have enough financing, which we do, um, you're going to find success. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to give Brian a chance to talk a bit about the, the drilling uh, program, because I know about half of your results are, are, are still due. But one question, why has there not been... Um, significant M&A in the industry to date. Like, I, I, it, it just seems so obvious that that's a component of, of building the company. But, but I, I, I see people yeah, hanging on uh, pretty long. It's been money. So I think a little bit too is, is a lot of these larger company management teams, they do feed off of institutions. And institutions have been a little preoccupied with uh, Facebook. Google and things like that okay. and Tesla and they need to get their ducks in a row and and then you follow on the aftermath of those and I've watched it every year you kind of you kind of wait because the majority of the money in the indexes are in those areas it's not in mining mining is actually a really small component of all the indexes that of which they're measured now once they get set up and feel like there's a direction what they tend to do is where's growth or where's value and then they lean in and for institutions to lean into, into metals and mining isn't going to take a lot because it's not okay. that big. And there's mountains of money. I mean, when I first got in the business, a billion dollar company was a large company. 
now now there are institutions that will not invest in a company unless they're 20 billion dollars there's too small hmm. or more hmm. you know and and uh you know the Ignico CFO is telling me that they they fall in with some of the big guys as a middle of the road size company if not smaller and they're they're like I believe 30 billion I can't remember it's everything's moved around but it's crazy um what will happen though is when money moves it moves really quick and um, I think there has been a hesitancy for the big guys to do much because there's a lot of risk. If, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're moving along and you just don't do anything, you can't get blamed for anything. But what's happening now is inflation is going to force their hand because costs are going a lot higher. And they're going to have to figure a way around that or their margins are going to chewed up. Right now, the margins have been phenomenal. Gold prices actually held up great. They're making a lot of money at $1,200, you know, gold um, estimate in the markets at $1,600, $1,700. They're crushing it with free cash flow. But they, get, they, they don't know what to do with it. And they have not been investing in the industry itself. They need to replenish those ounces. And they can't kick these things out as dividends to investors. They're not getting credit for it on the share price. So, you know, they're going to be forced to do it. And it's going to start at the top. And uh, what they want right now is to find these big bulky mines because the small things are just not big enough yet, yeah. but they all need the junior space. And there's been significant underinvestment in the junior space for a decade. And there's a lot of companies I think that are mismanaged. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what, what they're finding is when they do find one that they trust and they think have done a good job, you don't have to find the gold. You just got to show them that you've allocated your money properly and you've kept your costs low and you're thinking strategically as they would. Mm -hmm. And then they're happy to support you and align you and point you in the right direction. They need these companies desperately. Newmont's always been investing in juniors, even in the bad times. Um, so I think we're poised and I'm sorry that's such a long answer, but it, that's what needed to be said. Um, I think it's a great answer. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I just learned. I just learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took me about twenty-five years to figure it out, and uh, we're always we're always trying to figure out why. You know, we think gold should be higher now. It's been a bull market in every other currency, but the U.S. dollar, and, and they've artificially kept the dollar up. How long can they do that? I don't know. Well, November eighth is coming, <laughs> yep. and uh, I, I think there's some manipulation going on in the market right now obviously yep. and it, it, after the election i think it, you know things will change um the the dollar incredibly strong but it really that's i repeat myself when i call it the prettiest horse in the, in the glue factory right Gold well look when it, when it goes when it goes it will be fast and furious and everybody will be chasing it it'll be awesome yeah, and yeah. Um, what I would say for I've had some investors tell me they, that they were invested in pure gold and uh, two weeks later, they're out they're, they're All their money's gone. And my view here is we're not going to be gone. We have enough money in financing not to have to raise money for the next three to five years. Yeah. That is a powerful comment for a junior. And I don't think there's anybody else out there who can say that. No, no. I don't. I, I agree with you. And we should give Brian a, a chance. We haven't heard from. Of her. course. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I, talk, I talk too much. <laughs> Maybe you want to talk a bit about your drilling program that you're you're waiting on about half of your results from. 
Yeah, we just uh, we just wrapped up about a just shy eighteen thousand meter drill program over uh, the spring and summer, uh, focused on six targets uh, for those expanding the uh, the resource at Eau Claire that we already have, and made some good headway there. We've expanded the, uh, the footprint out uh, over twenty five percent to the west along our hinge target. Tested some other conceptual targets, and uh, you know some of those uh, still waiting. So we're sitting on you know, the news release that went out on October 24th, um, that caught us up to about 50% of our results, another 50% pending on, on some really interesting targets, uh, two of them within the, uh, you know, the deposit expansion, and then two at our Percival prospect uh, and a parallel fold hinge out that way. So uh, lots of news still to come for the, um, for the, over the next two to three months, uh, which will keep, be good for us as we go through the, you know, the winter and, and into early Q1 2023. Uh, lots of regional work done as well, as Tim alluded to, some, some targets, uh, just moving some of these regional prospects and targets through the pipeline towards drill stage and, uh, you know, at our La Clarkey property right to the to the east of Eau Claire and then also up at the Eleanor South Joint Venture with Newmont. So we did some a small program up there this year and pretty much geared towards uh, getting a drill bit into the ground up there next year as well. So. And um, in addition to being mineral rich, Quebec has some really good tax benefits uh, that they offer for exploration. I'm correct on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, not just tax benefits, but infrastructure. But, you know, if you look at the charity flow through, it's a 1.75 to 1.8 premium. Uh, if you spend hard dollars, you get a 30% tax return on them. Uh you know, Hydro Quebec. If you're linked into the grid, you get uh, there's discounts to mining. They're already 30% cheaper than other G7 countries on for the hydroelectricity. Hydroelectricity is green power, which is good. That's going, what's going to attract you know the future uh, into the mining. Uh, you know, the big knock is that we're you know yeah all the commodities are needed, but we can we have a big carbon footprint as well. So if you can be linked into to green energy while you're while you're producing the the needed commodities it's it's gonna be good so yeah quebec is very attractive for for numerous reasons uh, all the way from all the way to permitting as well and the, you know the support you get from the quebec institutional investors as well yeah the, the permitting is um a question that comes up often on timelines how are the timelines in quebec uh, Quebec is uh, is unique, uh, you know, for their environmental assessments. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of jurisdictions require two to five years of baseline data. Quebec is one year of baseline data. Uh, drill permitting uh, is is on the weeks to you know on a week scale rather than on a month to uh, to year scale. Uh, so yeah, we're able to sort of effectively go in and and plan our programs and. And be able to pivot you know if we if we find something while we're in the field that we feel uh needs a drill put into it we're able to get those permits in in time to be able to go out and do those those programs nice yeah i'm hearing some some jurisdictions um like six to 12 months on on a permit it just doesn't allow you to uh, incorporate uh, the, your results from the previous season You've got to get out there and, and, and get a permit. So really, really important um, in Quebec. Um, are you, I don't know how anyone's marketing anymore uh, with conferences. You know, uh, I, 
I Good can't question. get my head. Yeah, I can't get my head around it. So, what do you guys see as a way that you're reaching shareholders and investors? Um, you know, we we actually are, are doing our budget over um, tomorrow, uh, a little bit for next year, and we're going to take back take it down a little bit. We got to be obviously sensitive costs, but we're just not finding the bang for the buck in a lot of this, this stuff. And um, it's you know these conferences are really sort of the same investors over and over again. I do think social media really works to get your message out. I think it's worth spending money on. Um, and we've got, I've got personal relationships that I, I, I really sort of maintain and we all do, but the greater uh, benefit is just really sort of uh, leveraging a lot of little things, whether it's newspaper or radio, um, things that we're doing on podcasts and you gotta kind of got to mix it up and um, go with it. I think the biggest problem right now is the lack of interest. There are companies who put out incredible drill results and they get nothing for it. So if I were the, if I were the management team, I would be hoarding those drill results for better days mm -hmm. because you got, if you don't get paid for it, then, then you can't justify going out and raising the money for it. And I think that's one of the things that's going to put pressure. And if you don't have cash in the bank, you're, you're going to be, um, if this market doesn't rip back anytime soon, I mean, if they if if the thesis of eighteen months, two years out, by some of these institutions, you know, you you know, you're going to be struggling. Um, I do think that um, my sense is people are starting to do the work now, and you can always I've always been able to feel that out because I've worked with a lot of these companies that have been institutions and analysts, and the preliminary work, the questions that are coming in. Um, even at the big level, the, the big guys is starting and they're looking at this to position themselves. And what I think they're waiting for is an excuse to jump in. They are looking for a pop and gold price or a company to have an amazing discovery and they'll pile into a good company. Um, I think it's going to be the, the, the ask. Someone said this to me yesterday. If you're mining an asset that's been at mine for 30 years, looking for that next pocket, harder to find than a new discovery where you can swing the bat. People want to take risk in this industry because there's significant upside. And I think you gotta, you gotta be aligned with understanding that if you're gonna, if you wanna go out and do singles and doubles, you're gonna have a hard time. If you wanna go out and in disciplined way and say, you're gonna take a big chance on a couple of these into really interesting things. I think everybody's all in, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, it's um, I, I, I every day I kind of ask the question: What's the best way to get out there? I, I think I think you're right. It's uh, social it's media. It's it's everything. Yeah, some of these conferences are just like I feel like I'm talking to the same people over and over. I'm just well, talking to each other. Here's the, here's the interesting thing that I think, and uh, I think they're really expensive for what you get. Yeah, yeah. And so the problem is. Um, how, how do I keep supporting? I want to support those venues, but how do I keep supporting it if they're gouging me on price? Yeah. Right. Interestingly enough, we're having a hard time and no one's backing down on prices. If not, they're increasing prices because there are a few companies who've been desperate enough to want to pay top dollar as a last run at it. I think that, um, you know, if we don't do better, these, a lot of these promoters are going to, be in trouble yeah 
Yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity for a new way of doing things. I just haven't figured out what it is yet. <laughs> you know, listen, I did sales uh, for 20 years and you, you have to keep moving the needle. You're mm -hmm. trying new things. And, you know, one year you'll try four or five things and then something sticks. And you run that through for a year or two and then you have to go do it again. Yeah. And you just the best thing for companies to do is to keep talking to their investors and asking them how they hear about you. And that's that's to me is makes a lot of sense. And and keep being entrepreneurial and thinking and being sensitive to the dollars you spend. You don't need to spend 20 grand to go to a, a conference if you're going to see the same people you did the last three conferences. Yeah. And not to mention the plane tickets and all that stuff and the food. I, what we really like were these um, online video conferences. I, I, we would knock out three days worth of meetings and never leave the room. And mm -hmm. they, all these individuals were all over the world doing the same thing. I had a guy in a yacht in the Mediterranean hmm. giving a meeting and uh, he, he, you know, he was all in. It was great. Plus so it's, it, it reduces your travel budget. It reduces your strain on you know, wasted time during travel. Yeah, we got rid of our offices because guess what? You want to be flexible for the talent to keep the talent. Yeah. And you want to, you don't need an office and all the overhead to run a company. Maybe you do in some companies, but when most of our action is going up, up a camp. Field. Yeah. yeah. You want to spend every dollar you can get on the drill bit. Yeah. And I think, I think that the companies are starting to figure that out pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. The better ways to spend, spend shareholders money. <laughs> yeah. Than the nice corporate office and the luxury dinner. I'm with you. Tim, it's been great talking again. Yeah, you too. And, um, yeah. Brian, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I'm going to keep an eye on you guys, and um, I really wish you the best. And I think you're sitting at a point in time with uh, work in the field and money in the bank when um, everybody else is uh, going to be pretty envious. I think you've got a well, we've got a good team. We've got a really good team. Brian is is the guy who sets that up. Uh, we can punch above our weight and we want, we want everybody to be here because we're committed and uh, we think we're going to be successful and we're lucky to have everybody where, where we are. So thank you for paying attention and um, thank well, you. For thanks. Yeah, thanks. And, and, and let's chat again um, in the new year. We'd love to. Yeah, we'll have a lot more assay results out. So fingers crossed, we're going to get some good news. Excellent. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and thanks to uh, Tim and Brian and it's Fury, F-U-R-Y, in the U.S. and Canada. Have a great day and we will see you again. Thank you. Thanks.